Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecallendershow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. went into a uh, cowboy boot shop once in Austin, Texas. I know everything there is to know about cowboy boots now. <laughs> News Talk 1110-993-WBT, hour number three of the program. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Uh, by the way, it was one of the things you never know, uh, not you, I, I never know. You know, somebody's intention when they call in and they start to engage in a conversation with me on the air live, right? I I never know. And sometimes I can remember certain callers if they're regulars and I know who's going to be combative and who's not generally, but you never know. And, And so, you know, at the end of the last hour there, Jack calls in and his the the premise is, you know, when are we ever going to get to a point where... We, we, you know, we're, everything isn't about race. And, and like my answer to that is I don't know if we ever do because it is one of the things about being human beings. It's, it's afflicted us forever, right? Man versus man. It's one of the, the natural conflicts, man versus nature, man versus himself, man versus God, right? So man versus man is, is, is as old as human beings and like literally, right? So, and and the way that expresses itself in various different forms, but it always comes from the same kind of place, which is prejudice, right? This this belief that somebody belongs to a different group that doesn't look like me, doesn't dress like me, uh, doesn't sound like me with their speech, doesn't pray like me, whatever. And so, because they are the other. That is different, and it is a it is a natural way then to distinguish one from another. And if you go back far enough, right, you think in terms like of evolution, you think in terms of, uh, you know, you're a very small nomadic tribe or something. You're, you're just following whatever livestock, or not livestock, but uh, wildlife, you know, you're just following them and hunting them or whatever. And, and you come across some other people that don't look like you. You automatically know they're not from our tribe. And generally speaking, one would assume back then they're probably going to kill you, maybe eat you, right? Take all your stuff. (laughs) And so uh, you can't be too careful. And so this is what we are called, you know, as Christians to put, to look past, to put past uh, or get past these differences because we are all the same, right? That's the idea. And that's a difficult thing to convince people of. Because our natural tendency is to find a reason to differentiate us from the other. And they're not as us, and so therefore I need to be worried about them, right? So I don't know how you get past race, especially when there are a lot of people that don't want to. There are people that that do not want to because if society mended its racial problems here in America, then they would be out of work. There are people whose livelihoods depend on there being racial tension. There is a cultural component to this. 
right? There is a celebration of the subculture of criminality that exists in America today, has for a long time. I mean, a really long time. Not, and I don't, that's not a racial thing. That's just criminals. I mean, think back, you know, Bonnie and Clyde, right? There was the, there's this elevation of, the, of these criminals in various subcultures, and sometimes even breaks through into the culture at large, right? And if you're celebrating those types of social deviance and criminals, then um, I don't know if you're building a lasting society around that. Doesn't seem like it to me. What do I know? Um, I do know a lot about cowboy boots, though, because I did, as I mentioned, I went into that, uh, I went into that Texas boot shop, and that was I saw like hundreds of boots. Hundreds of pairs of boots. I know everything now about all of these, about boots, the Texas boots. They're called cowboy boots, I think. And they are made out of skin of something. See, I know a lot. Tons. Um, well, I mean, it was raining. And I always liked the idea of cowboy boots, but I I just have never... I don't, I don't feel like being originally from New York and then moving down to Charlotte, I don't think I qualify as a boot wearer. I don't think I, don't think I can, yeah, that if, there was, if there were permits for such a thing, I don't think I would qualify for a permit, you know? They're, it's like hats. It's like hats, like the fedora hats and like and even like cowboy hats. You got to, like, you, once, you, once you say I'm a, I'm a hat guy, you know, like you got to commit, right? And then... It's like a whole mindset thing, I think, that you have to adopt, and I just have never gotten there, so I don't wear hats. I never went. I tried when I shaved my head. I tried, bought some hats, tried to make it work. It didn't work. It didn't take. They were annoying to me, you know, like you would sit back on a chair and it would hit the brim of the hat. It was just annoying. I didn't like it. But yeah, Michael points out that uh, Jack says he went into a Catholic bookstore in Florida, and he's now an expert, right? But but Jack's Jack's comments... They actually do speak to why it is so difficult to have the conversations. Now, I thought Jack was actually going to try to engage in a productive conversation about race. I thought that that's where that was going because that's what he told the call screener. And then the call screener, George, will type in, you know, what do you, what do you say? There's a, why can't we why can't we get to a place where we could talk about race or something like that? So I, I thought that's where Jack wanted to go. But I, I I don't know where he wanted to go, actually, because we kind of got way off of course <laughs> when, when he started in on the Catholics. But that's a good it's a good example of it in that the, the his ideas of what Catholicism teaches all of its people, which because I mean, you realize Catholicism is pretty big, you know, like that's it's a really big religion, really big, like especially outside of America. You know where it's huge? Africa is huge. Do you think they teach in Africa? Do you think they teach uh, their uh, their Catholic flock that uh, Jesus was blonde haired and blue eyed? Do you think that's the case? Do you think, or do you think maybe like societies tweak in various ways and artists tweak in various ways how they see Christ and they perceive Christ, and then they they do something like that? I mean, so what? Every single artist throughout time. They've always painted Jesus as blue hair, uh, blue eyed, and uh, blonde hair from Iowa or something like. And that was the tell to me that Jack is not probably 
trying to have an honest conversation about this stuff because that's you know how many memes I've seen from like, dude, I see all of the lefty stuff. I see it all. Like I swim in that swamp. So you don't have to. Although I think Jack might <laughs> want to. I don't know. Look, but I like that's that it, it's such a lazy argument. You really think that the reason why we can't have an honest conversation about race is because people think Jesus was blonde haired and blue eyed. You think that's the reason? No, people don't want to have an honest conversation about race because they're afraid to. They're afraid to. That's it. They're afraid they're going to either offend somebody by saying something wrong, right? Or they're going to get offended or they're going to lose a friend or they're going to jeopardize their job. They're going to get called names, right? There, there, is, so, there is so much peril in having the conversations, And I recognize, by the way, that I am in a unique position doing this gig. Like, I talk about things that people generally don't want to talk about in mixed company, right? You don't talk, it's like first dates, right? You don't talk about religion or politics (laughs) or, I guess, or racial, uh, uh, race relations, right? You don't talk about these things in, in polite society, in mixed company. You don't do that because you never know what other people's views on this stuff is, and like, I do. I talk about this stuff all the time, and I recognize that at my business, at my job, I can do that. I can. A lot of other people cannot because they're afraid. The ramifications are going to be, you know, life-altering. You say something wrong, and you're out of work. You're you're blackballed or something. You can't get another job in the field. You make some post on social media. It's happened time and time and time again. So, no, like I'm, I try to have as honest a conversation as I can have with people who want to have the honest conversation about any topic. I try to do so if they come, you know, if they come with that approach. Um, I also was confused as to the pushback on the definition of racism about the genetically superior. I mean, that is, I mean, that's what white supremacy is, right? And by the way, there are black supremacists as well. I have encountered them too. See, that's one of the things when when folks are willing to engage in an actual discussion, not not a not a talk where you and I agree on everything, and I'm just going to basically defer to everything that you say. Um, oh yeah, 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 I agree with what you say because we're of a different race or a religion or whatever, and so I feel like I have to agree with your perception of all things because you are not a like. You are not a white male like I am, so I'm supposed to just defer to you on all things. I don't. I'm going like if someone says something I agree with, I will agree with you. If you say something I disagree with you, I will disagree with you. And that's how you end up with honest conversations. Right? And that's how you end up in conversations with people and you find out, oh, wow, you're as much of a prejudiced bigot as the stereotypical white supremacist Nazi fascist guy. Right? I've encountered him. Anyway, got a bunch of uh, messages here. In Jack's defense, sweeping generalizations based on limited data is the best way to form opinions. That's uh, Michael says, I never did like the surfer look depictions of Jesus. But what, with the jams shorts, right? <laughs> and doing the hang loose sign with his thumb. A Southern Baptist attacking Catholics. Wow, who would have thought? <laughs> I grew up in the Deep South at a time when it was dangerous 
to be a Catholic. Your previous caller is just one of a long line of bigots who burned crosses, pelted us with rocks, harassed us on the job, and now I have to listen to Jack. <laughs> uh, last caller seems to imply they're only white people are Catholics. I suppose Catholics in Africa are an anomaly then, right? In South America, we don't find any Catholics in South or Central America either, I hear. <laughs> okay. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. I got a message here uh, on Twitter. Pete, I work in construction and talk with all races and ethnicities. In our conversations, we always find Sorry, we always find out we have many things in common, family, work, religion, sports, etc. In our conversations, we also acknowledge our differences, but embrace and respect them because that's what makes us who we are. Last night, I will tell you this, last night I was in a, uh, I, was, I was doing a little gaming and uh, on the Xbox with a couple of my buddies and... Um, they gave me a whole bunch of uh, classified material. No, I'm kidding. But they, uh, no, th- we were talking about HOA stuff. <laughs> and they're both, they're both black guys from other states. One lives in Texas and the other is uh, up in uh, uh, Michigan area. Yeah, we're talking HOA stuff. That's what we were doing <laughs> while we were playing Xbox. Hey. Yeah, I've I've gamed with these guys for years, like a decade, whatever. It's, it, yeah, and we talk about all sorts all sorts of stuff all the time. You can have honest conversations if you try, and you and you try not to be antagonistic, and you try not to be you know ignorant. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying I'm not. No, I was not saying Jack was ignorant. I mean, he went to that Catholic store. He went to that Catholic bookshop in Florida. So he obviously was well-versed in all things Catholic. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. I mentioned this earlier. Let me get to it here. This is uh, Brent Clifton over at the Daily Haymaker. Uh, headline, your kids are everyone else's responsibility, but definitely not yours. <laughs> all right. Something called Sand Hills Pride. It's trying to whip up a frenzy of anger over the Moore County School Board's adoption of a parental bill of rights, which basically says that educrats must keep parents fully informed of what's being done to their kids while they are in the uh, the care. Yeah, care. That's the ticket. Under the care of the public school system each day. Your kid wants to change their name or their pronouns. Parents have to okay it. That's what the Moore County Public School Board is looking to do, apparently tonight. So, Sandhills Pride, which apparently claims to speak for all gays, I guess, which is weird because I, I know gay people who are not on board with this kind of 
you know, transing the kids. I've I've heard uh, I've heard it referred to as uh, well. This this becomes a key component of the philosophy that is pushing the, the you know the transing of all things, which is that you know trans kids have to exist. It has to that has to be the case. It's it, it's a it's fundamental, right? Kids have to be trans, and I've heard the response, which is that you know a three year old trans kid is it's sort of like a vegan cat. Right, we we all know who's calling the shots there, right? That was not my joke. I, somebody else made that, but seriously. So, the Sandhill Pride organization uh, is denouncing it, denouncing the Parental Bill of Rights as a license to abuse kids. This is what that law school kid is also uh, arguing to me on the Twitter machine as well. I'll give you highlights of that in a moment. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here. Thanks a lot for hanging out. I do appreciate it. 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. A couple of emails here. Bob says, uh, occasionally, head in butt disease erupts on the radio. That's... I think that's in reference to the earlier caller. Uh, Robert says, Pete, I don't think we need to worry about having a conversation about race. We need to stop talking about race. If we keep endlessly keeping it at the front of every conversation, the division will never go away. Just ignore it, and maybe it does go away. I do. Well, see, well, it, that's the thing is if you if you ignore it, and I guess it depends on what you're talking and how you're talking about it, Right. If you're using it as a weapon and you're trying to blame others for something in your life and you're ascribing motive based on race and that sort of thing, like there's so many different aspects to it, but people kind of just throw like we have to have a you know conversation about race. You throw it all under this one big heading. But I was so I was watching um, a YouTube video a couple of days ago and um, it was of uh, Thomas Sowell. And uh, from Gaston County, as a matter of fact. Um, and Thomas Sowell, this was, the interview was several years old. But he was talking about uh, the way people talk and sort of the speech patterns and, and such. And he talks about how the, um, that a lot of the cultural norms that modern African Americans have adopted have actually come from what he described, these are his words, the... Uh, some of uh, the some of the cultural norms in the redneck quote unquote population of the south that's who they that's who they imitated and he, he i think he talked about that being sort of a class connection right there's a socioeconomic component to that where people of certain classes i mean like listen to the way the old charleston accent i don't even know if people still speak like that charleston right it's very it's a Charleston kind of an accent down in Charleston, South Carolina. And like that's always been a different kind of an accent. And in fact, the accents that we have now are getting more pronounced. When people first came over from, you know, England, they probably sounded more like the English than they do now, <laughs> like Southerners. So you have all these different cultural influences and cross influences and socioeconomic influences and things that were adopted from a culture that like that might not have been the the most helpful thing to adopt. But you can't even talk about that. See, because culture can be changed. 
See, race cannot. Culture can. But if you start talking about changes to a culture, now you're having to make what? Qualitative decisions about what is better or worse for a people from a society standpoint. Is it better to encourage single parenthood or not? Well, I don't want to tell anyone how to live. No, but if you want to get people out of poverty, you should tell them the three things to do to not be in poverty. Graduate high school, have a job, any job, and don't have kids before you get married and graduate. You do those three things, chances are overwhelming that you will not be poor, or if you are poor, you will not continue to remain so. That's it. That's a cultural standard, though, that you have to educate people on. And there are generations of people in America, all races, that do not know that, or if they've been exposed to it, they reject it. Let me go over here to uh, Terry. Welcome to the program. Terry, how are you? Hey, Pete. Thanks for taking my call again. Sure. Your conversation with Jack. I just got a comment, and it's short. Uh, we must not think of different races. We are all members of the human race, and we have to take each individual as we meet them one day, each individual one by one. Right. Um, it is the smallest minority, actually. And bad in us, and we must not judge from skin color, but by actions of those different people that we meet. Mm-hmm. And that's my comment. <laughs> no, it, it that's it. The individual is the smallest minority. It's a minority of one. And yeah. you treat every individual as an individual. Now, I recognize that, because, as I mentioned earlier, with the evolutionary biology components to this stuff, that anybody that doesn't look like, I mean, there are studies that show this, that people are attracted to others that look kind of like them. Like from a facial symmetric uh, standpoint, facially symmetrical standpoint, like if yes, if your left eye is a little bit lower than your right eye, you will tend to be attracted to people who have that same sort of facial asymmetry. Very weird. I don't know why, but the brain is a you know it's a it's an amazing thing, and uh, I, you know there's some components I think to you know evolutionary biology that help explain some of this that can. Um, you, you you recognize people that don't look like you as a, quote, outsider and therefore a threat. And that is what we have to always be challenging ourselves to overcome, right? To treat people yes, as the individual. We just, need, we just need to treat people as we meet them. Right. And uh, that's all we can do. Yeah. That's a very difficult thing to do a lot of times, though, Terry. But it is that is the thing yes, to do. Sir. Yeah. Terry, I appreciate the call, sir. Thank you. All right. Thank all right you. Yes, sir. Take care. Um no, this is this is what it's what God calls us to do, what Jesus called us to do, right? <laughs> so, all right, so uh, back to this uh, Charlotte, or sorry, back to the uh, Daily Haymaker piece. This is going on in, uh, in Moore County, where the public school board is looking to adopt a parental bill of rights. I believe the meeting is tonight, where they're going to do that, and they're getting uh, you know opposition from uh, an organization called Sand Hills Pride. Uh, they denounced the bill as a license to abuse kids. This is the argument, that we have to keep your child's gender dysphoria 
which is now I've been told is a mental health problem, right? So we are being told that schools need to keep that a secret from the parents because the parents might not be willing to affirm their child's transition, that the parents might not support that, that the parents might be of a belief that the science says, the Fauci has indicated here in multiple research uh, reports over the years that uh, that it is transitory, that trans, uh, transgenderism is transitory. It leaves. It goes away. It resolves itself on its own, that a lot of the kids who say they're trans are just gay, right? They're, they're gay, and they're wrestling with these feelings, and some of them just, they, they're not gay. They're heterosexual, and they, whatever, the dysphoria passes. That's it. And uh, so maybe the, maybe some parents know that. Maybe they've read some of those studies. They know this to be the science, the Fauci. And so they say, well, I'm not going to affirm this because I'm not going to start them on puberty blockers. I'm not going to start them on any of these things. I'm not going to to participate in this in this fantasy. So I'm not going to I'm not going to help them. And that is abuse. That's what that's their argument. That's abuse. They then take that to the next step, saying. That's why we have to hide this information from you, the parent. And by the way, if you don't think that the kids are always going to say hide it from the parent, you're crazy, right? They're always going to say that. They are. Like whether it's true or not, they've got the loophole to say that, and then it keeps it from the parents. And what the school board is saying is that, no, you don't get to keep parents out of these uh, discussions. Why? As I've said many times, because they're not your kids, Educrats, teachers, administrators, therapists, counselors, school nurses, what have you. They're not your kids. I know you call them your kids, but they're not your kids. It's the parents' kids. You get them for a year. That, that's it. You get them for a year. They're not your kids. No, one, no one's going to care more about, well, theoretically, not talking about the abuse of parents, but they call that abuse. If you don't affirm that that's abuse. It's the same thing as beating the snot out of your kid. Which I've always thought, like, that's how you get snot out of a child. I thought that, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's just a joke. All right. All right. Now, given the state of affairs in our country and the world, are you asking yourself whether you're prepared for an emergency? I actually get asked this a lot. My answer, start at Carolina Readiness Supply. 2,000 square feet of supplies. The full line of Augustan Farms and Mountain House Foods. Books, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, camping and hiking supplies. Being prepared is just smart. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing or somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. In Waynesville and online at carolinareadiness.com, get tickets to the Heritage Life Skills event also. Make a day trip to the mountains and return home fully prepared. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Alrighty, News Talk 1110-993 WBT. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Earlier I was talking with... Uh, Mark Garrison from the WBT newsroom, he did this story a while ago, but these documents have now kind of resurfaced uh, out into the uh, Twitter sphere, Twitter, Twitter sphere. Um, confidential. This is from Charlotte Mecklenburg schools, confidential gender support plan. And uh, first uh, little box here says 
parent guardian involvement? Are guardians of this student aware and supportive of their child's gender status? You can check a box, yes or no. If not, what considerations must be accounted for? Confidentiality, privacy, and disclosure. How public or private will information about the student's gender be? And then there are different boxes to check here. District staff will be aware. Uh, and then, you know, list them. Site-level leadership, administration, like the principal or counselor, teachers and or other school staff, or student will be will not be openly out, but some students are aware of the student's gender. Student is open with others, adults and peers. If the student has asserted a degree of privacy, what steps will be taken if that privacy is compromised or is believed to have been compromised? How will a teacher staff member respond to any questions about the student's gender from other students, staff members, parents, community? This is a four-page document. Who will be the student's go-to adult on campus? If this one person's not available, who, uh, what, student, uh, what should the student do? Names and pronouns, student records. Name, gender, marker entered into the student information system, name to be used. Can the student's name or gender be reflected in other documents? If not, what adjustments can be made to protect their privacy? What? So why, why are they doing this in the documents? So the parents don't find out. This is why they're doing it. This is what this is all about. What level of secrecy do we need to engage in to keep this hidden from parents? This is what Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools has created, this Four pages of four pages. Yeah, four pages. Yeah. This is what they have created to help kids transition without their parents knowing. And so I asked uh, whether or not, well, it started off when this guy named Frank Eaton said that, you know, you guys are starting to sound like the bad guys from the wall. The Pink Floyd, the wall, right? You know, it's like, put them up against the wall and all that, which is ironic because it's always the it's always the leftist revolutionaries that put everybody up against the wall and they kill off the capitalists and the, yeah, the conservatives, but whatever. Um, he's of the left, so he doesn't know history. So anyway, the, uh, he says, you guys are uh, turning into the bad guys in the wall. And I said, well, please let me know what other health issues need to be hidden from parents. Right? What else? Are there other health issues that kids suffer from that should be hidden from their parents, which then prompted this kid, Charles Deloach, to respond. He's at UNC School of Law, class of 23. He's got pronouns in his bio. Of course he does. He's got he's a white guy, but he's got the black uh, BLM with the you know multicolored fists raised. Oh, and he uh, organized for Pete Booty Gig in Iowa. Um. And so he first says, what aspect of this is health-related? <laughs> uh, transitioning? It's health-related. It's health-related. The person has gender dysphoria. Are you saying transgenderism isn't a health-related issue? Of course it is. That's what you guys have been spending all this time telling everybody that this is health care. Reaffir- uh, uh, gender-affirming health care. You guys have been saying this. right? So you don't get to now say it's not health care. It is. Parents should be aware, unless maybe there's a whole class of other health issues that you think kids should be able to keep hidden from their parents, and the school should help them do so. Please let me know. He says, 
There's nothing in these forms that have anything to do with actual medical procedures. So I pointed out, this is mental health care. Try again. He says, well, then what if there was a therapist and they heard from a child and that the parents might hurt them if they shared something personal? So, uh, okay, so here he is shifting the goalpost. We go from what? We go from teachers, school personnel, right, engaging in this behavior to now a therapist. Who, uh, pray tell, um, who, who, do, who takes the kid to the therapist? Parents, maybe? You think they may have some sort of discussions going on there? Teachers are not therapists. If there is abuse, physical abuse occurring in the house, right, then you're a mandatory reporter. You have to report that. You have to. Well, what if they might be abusive? That's where we are now. So, well, somebody might abuse them, and abuse means don't affirm. That's what that's where we are now. Somebody might a parent might disagree with a child's decision. So therefore, keep it all hidden. Yeah. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.